0: As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline for our friends at GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, gcldiesel.com. Uh, he gets chaperoned home after every uh, road trip, well, at least most of the time. Um we welcome back to the show Sportsnet Color Analyst, Louis DeBrusque. Not just a radio color analyst, but a driver as well. Hello, Louis. How you doing? Yeah, and I appreciate it, Bob. Thanks, but It was a, a later one getting in last night, but always
1: appreciate it when you drop me off on the way home. So and thank I, you.
0: And I got a couple suits, so I'm a happy guy. Yeah, it's, it's there you tra- go. A good hey. trade. Good hey, Deeds. Uh, fun couple games back to back. Lots of Oilers fans, uh, and a team that's let's face it, they're the most exciting team in the league to watch. Louis, they can. I, I know, I know, yeah. your son's playing on the wagon in Boston, and they're going to win like 743 games this year or something like that. But I would say, for pure entertainment value, the Oilers are as entertaining of a team as there is in the National Hockey League. Yeah, that we've seen in a long time. There, uh,
1: there's no question of the talk of the, the entire National Hockey League, the way they can move that puck around, the way they can put the puck in the net, the speed they can play with, um, the power play, which has been well, historic this year. Yeah, there's no question you talk to anybody from any other team and around the league when we travel, um they look at the Evanston dollars and just go, wow, like this is, this is a powerhouse when it comes to a team that can uh, make you pay if you make mistakes and if you want to play, um, that kind of hockey with them. And, you know, for Evanston, they're a team that's continually working on their game, which you love to hear. They're the highest scoring team in the National Hockey League, but they're, every time they talk after post games, even last night after the game, there's still things to work on. We're still trying to iron out little details of our game and structure and, I mean, it just sounds like a group that is motivated that went to the conference final last year and I think is very motivated to try and duplicate that and do better this year. And that's just a sign of a team that uh, is growing together and the core has been together for quite a while.
0: Are you at all alarmed about the fact that they seemingly can't uh, find a way to give up fewer than four goals in a game right now?
1: I'm a little concerned
0: about it. But, I mean, you know, the last time I looked, they're plus 44, plus
1: the goal differential. Yes. It's, it's So for me, yes, you're always concerned, and I know that's one of the things that's always brought up. I like think Leon Dreisaitl brought it up last night in this post-game interview. I know Jay Woodcroft has talked about it as a team. They've continually talked about it all year long, and yeah, you don't want to give up four every night. They have the firepower to score three, four, five goals a game, but at the same time, you'd like to win it 3-1. You know, 4-1, 2-1, and I think as the games get tighter here down the stretch, you'll start to see them buckle that down even more. And I just think that the competition and the level of competition, and for me, um, when the stakes are high, I get the feeling this team rises to the occasion. I really do. I think the best teams in the league bring the best out in Edmonton. I think they get fired up to play the best teams, and it shows in, in how they play those games. It doesn't always go their way. They don't always win all those games, but but they're in the game. Very rarely are they getting blown out in a game against a big competitor. And I I just think that's uh, again going back to the core of this team and the depth now that they have in both forward and defense positions. They they look across and go, okay, this is this is a, a measuring stick for us. And you know when you have a team that can elevate to that. Uh, level, you give yourself a chance to win, and especially in the playoffs where it's do or die, and it becomes even that much more important to dial in your details and structure your game. I'm not that worried about it, because I do believe that'll bring the best of them in again, and I guess we'll see.
0: Louis, If a guy was a betting man at the start of the season, I wonder what kind of odds he would have gotten on Ryan Nugent Hopkins having a 100-point season. Like, you know what? (laughs) McDavid and Dryseller, you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I can see those guys putting up 100 points. In Connor's case, it might be 150. Uh, But Nugent's got a great chance. He's up to 96 points here, and the Oilers have got seven games left. I would say logic would dictate he's going to reach it, and, man, he's just having a wonderful campaign, isn't he?
1: Well, he's got some linemates and teammates that are going to be looking for him, too. They're going to want him to get it. I think they're really excited for Nuge. And rightfully so. He's had he's had an amazing year. And the thing I like about it is that he hasn't changed, in my opinion. He's always been a great player. He's always been a very dependable player. He's always had a, a great defensive conscience. And I think maybe early in his career that, was, that overrode some of the offense that he brought to the table in the first overall pick. I really believe that. When you get put into an organization that – You know, you jump on board and you're the best centerman at that time. And he was going up against all the best centermen in this Western Conference and throughout the National League. I remember Ralph Kruger talking about, you know, trying to get matchups away from a young Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and it wasn't easy. He said they really key on him because they know he's a good player. So what I think it did to Ryan, though, was I think it, it forced him to really buckle down and be that player. And now with... Uh, more depth, more support, and uh, just a player that's been in the league for 12 years and understands what he needs to do to be successful. It's just for me, it's been systematic for Ryan Jones. I'm not looking at it, and I guess what I'm trying to say, Bob, is that I don't look at this as an anomaly. I've seen his game trending towards this. Did um, I think he was going to have 100 points? No, but if you would have said he's going to have 80 this year, I said, okay, no problem, easy. Like I think it's very, very much in his capability of having 80 points every year with the way he plays. The the game with the number one power play unit in the National Hockey League, and it's going to stay that way because they're all relatively kind of in the group together. I just this is this is a is a little bit more of a breakthrough than I thought. But if you look over the last few years, with the exception of last year, he was trending up with his point production. And it's, um, great to see them. Couldn't happen to a better guy. And I think that uh, the entire team is on board. Number one, trying to get him 100. And I think they're going to be looking for Leon Dreisaitl to get his third 50 goal season as well, because um, he's on a roll. Um, but it's exciting. It's exciting to follow it. And I think it also puts in perspective what Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl have done. You know, just banging out 100 point seasons like it's no big deal. Well, it is a big deal. It's a very big deal. And I know offense is up in the league, but they're a big reason why offenses is up in the league players that have come into the league of them watching these guys snap the puck around and do what they do. And the next generation will be even that much more offensive in my opinion, with the way they now train and develop and watch the players before them and go out there and try and emulate them on the ice. But I'm really happy for, for Ryan agent Hopkins. I think that he's been just a, um, well, the longest tenured oiler. He loves playing in Edmonton. Uh, he's always been great in the community. I don't think there's a, a bad word you could say about the guy. So for him to have a season like this, I think everybody involved wants to see him get to 100.
0: We're joined by Louis DeBrasque from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, courtesy of our friends at GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great, great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. That was an important goal yesterday for Evander Kane, too, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, I liked yeah. his I liked his energy level that he had going on in that game yeah. last night.
1: He floated a few games before, you know, and you could see. And I think that's – you expect that. We've talked about this. He missed 41 games. So he, he's been out for a long time in three different spurts. And it just takes some time to to get your timing back, to just kind of get that feel. And um, for, for Evander, though, like anybody else, typically, when he's moving his feet and he's driving, he's hungry to get shots. 11 shots on it. And by the way, the fifth time he's had 11 shots in a game. Tied his career high of 11 shots. I mean, that's just – you're giving yourself a darn good chance to score a goal and you're firing 11 pucks on net, and I think he missed three or four others. So we had... 15 opportunities on that. I believe I'll have to look at the last well, last, game sheet there. But I'll tell you, uh, that that's kind of the impact that he can have in a game. What I saw in Evander Kane last night was a guy that I think, okay, he'd gone four games without a point. He had lost his coverage in the overtime loss, and he wasn't happy with where his game was. And that's what you like to see from a veteran player that says, okay, I just need to buckle down here and right from the get-go, You could just tell he was dangerous. He was all over. He was sniffing around the net. He was getting a shot away quickly. He drew a penalty drive into the net, which resulted in the power play goal. Um, Good game for him. That's why we picked him as one of the stars. He was noticeable right from the get-go, and uh, that's the kind of game he can play. And he's trending up at the right time of the year going down the stretch in the playoffs. And we all know what he did last year in the playoffs.
0: Did we got you? There we go, Louis. We what s- happened then, uh, Louis? I didn't turn. My- I didn't turn my mic on. That one was on me. Oh, well, there you go. It's usually me, so
1: I just kind of took it for granted that it was me. Yeah. No, no. Uh, so, <laughs> you have
0: that advantage. Yes. So the, uh, the the LA Kings are in town. We know the last time these two teams played, it was nasty. Uh, The Oilers were shorthanded a bunch of times. By the way, Louie, you knew the Oilers after going 3-for-3 on the power play last night and up 6-3 through two periods. They weren't going to get any ticky-tack power plays after that. You knew that, right? No. Well, I think think it's, to be honest, I I honestly think that's been
1: the case throughout the year. I think when the referees look at a game and it's tight, I think for Edmonton they almost have to get – they have, the penalty has to be substantial for them to call it especially in a close game with Edmonton because I do believe they're a victim of having the best power play in the National Hockey League and the officials know it you can say, oh, they don't call the game that way that's not true, baloney, baloney, it is because they know that if they call a ticky-tack call late in the game in the 2-2 game and Edmonton goes on the power play the chances of putting that puck in the net are pretty good so it's, they let a lot go and uh, I agree with you. I thought last night, and not that I don't think a lot was missed last night, to be honest. There was a couple things here and there, and it was, you know, Whatever, but you know, I, I didn't. I didn't think that was a, a storyline in the game at all. I think it was a pretty hard fought game, and I think Edmonton just continued to roll and didn't right. need any more power plays. But yes, I agree with you.
0: All right, so Edmonton gets to LA. Evander Kane did not play in either of the two games. He got hurt right before the orders came back after that four game road trip uh, that culminated down in uh, in Florida. Um, which the Oilers got a split because they won the games in Tampa and Florida, lost in Washington Carolina. They got touched up on the PK in Washington, um, came home, lost a tight game. McDavid got called for a couple penalties I didn't like. Long story short, L.A. was a little better, and Edmonton was banged up by that point. They were down both uh, Kane and Yamamoto. Uh, then when we went back in there, uh, Kane was still out. He was traveling with the team. DeHarnay... Had just been recalled. He was not in the lineup. LA's made some additions. Corpusalo has been brought in to settle down in goal. Obviously, they got Gavrikov on defense. Byfield's become a full-time first-line player for them as he, you know, graduates the NHL. Growing all that being said, how different is Edmonton's team with Kane specifically and De'Harnay? Because if you recall, Louis, things got a little bit nasty that uh, Monday night in Los <laughs> Angeles when we were there before. Yeah. It did, and I liked it,
1: and you know when you look at that um that game and Jack and I actually brought that up on the air last night Jack's brought it up a couple times and and rightfully so because that was the that was the game I feel that they weren't it was almost kind of the you know, have a meeting type of a game where it's like, okay, listen, we need to be better here. This is a this is a team we beat in the playoffs last year. This is a team we most likely and very well could see again here in the playoffs if we get in there. Now, this is still, you know, midway point of the season, but you're starting to think about these things moving forward. And they went on a tear after that. I think they won six in a row after that, five in a row after that. I can't remember. But if you look at their record since that point in time, it's been incredible. It's been one of the best records in the National League. So I do believe it was, it was a game that left a mark. I like the way they didn't go away quietly. Um, and I expect it to be a chippy hard game tomorrow night as well, as it should be. This is a, Anytime you play a team in the playoffs, especially the very next year, there's one team there that's not too happy about what happened the year before. And that's the Los Angeles Kings. And they played the first two yeah. games like they haven't been happy with what, what happened last year. I think the first two losses for Edmonton against L.A. will set the tone for tomorrow night because they're now starting not to get too happy with what's happened in those first two games. But it's great. I think it makes for great hockey. The Kings have bolstered. They've gotten healthy. They're one of the best teams in the league, and Edmonton uh, understands that, and I believe they'll be ready for that game tomorrow night. It's a it's an opportunity to leapfrog them and, and get into second position in the division have home ice advantage. I mean, all these things start to add up, and we knew this was going to be a traffic jam down the stretch into the playoffs and here we are as there's three teams right now fighting not only for first in the division but potentially first in the conference and home ice advantage. So, Yeah, these games are very meaningful and and great. That's what you want. This is what we talk about. This is what we kind of look forward to at the end of the season, and I believe the players do, too. This is a measuring stick once again, and I agree with you that Edmonton's a different team than the first couple of times they played them. Evander Kane brings speed. He brings that physicality. He's hard in the forecheck, and I believe that's where Edmonton needs to get to the Los Angeles Kings. Very deep forward group. But the defense core of the Los Angeles Kings they need to they need to establish that four check early often and get on it because when they do we saw what they did to the Los to the Las Vegas Golden Knights last night with an aggressive four check and play on the offensive zone.
0: Louie, the Oilers lost uh, to the LA Kings on January 9th the score was 6 to three. That dropped Edmonton's record to 21, 18 and 3. I just went, I just went back to the text from that day from some of the people at Texas Show. Yep. uh the next day on the on January 10th they played the ducks on January 11th and they were lighting me up and uh you know Stauffer, there's no way the Oilers are going to make the playoffs they've lost four of their last six games they were one yeah they, they, <laughs> you, know they what, you know what it reminds me of bob and i hate to even bring it up
1: but it reminds me of the 2 11 and three stretch they went on yep and uh, another sweater was thrown on the ice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so was right around this time. Twenty-one, eighteen, and three. The team was twenty-one, eighteen, and three after that loss to LA. Since mm-hmm. then, the Oilers have gone twenty-two, five, and six. Yeah,
1: and I believe last year after that that incident, they kind of went on a tear then too. Yeah, they've been a second-half team. And they are so, – well, I mean, right, there's a coaching hey. change, obviously, and all that, and I, and I get that. But what I'm saying is this team has found a way, and it looks like the fourth consecutive year, to get themselves in the playoffs and play their best hockey down the stretch when it really matters and set their tone for
0: the playoffs. Okay. So, so, so now we're going to go to your wheelhouse. Ahead. We're going into your wheelhouse. We all know what okay. happened with Mikey Anderson last year in yep. dry saddle. Yep. We know what happened that night. Again, there was no Kane. Uh, Day-Hernay was not in the mix. Lemieux fought Klim Kostin at the end of the game. Uh, Deneau, Deneau kind of jumped, yes, to pull after a big hit and got the, you know, did, you know Jesse's not a fighter. We know that there were a couple of other players that challenged Deneau afterwards, and he declined the invitation, mm-hmm. um, which is, hey, he doesn't have to fight just because he, you know. And that was also a game Hyman fought uh, Sean Dursey. Yeah, right off the face. Though. So do you, yeah. uh, do you, look and both, te- the top two power plays in the league are Everton and LA, at least they were going into last night's game. So you got to be careful if you take penalties. Do you, uh, do you send a message? Or do you send a message like if, if you're one of, if you're, you know, if you're playing against Mikey Anderson, do you remind him? hey, we haven't forgotten what you've done here? It's something like what gets into a player's head more, Louie? You've, you know, and, and is, is it easier to do if the guy's a top six guy or a top nine forward?
1: Well, first of all, we're, we're talking about a completely different area. So yeah. I just I think it is completely different. I really do. And, but at the same time, I do think they need to send a message. But the way they send the message is the right way. And like I said before, you get really aggressive on the forecheck. You finish every check. You make it a playoff game. You make it a playoff game right now. That's what you do. You go out there and every single shift you look across, you say I'm going to be better than the guy across from me, and I'm going to make his night miserable tonight. That's what that's the mentality to have. Now, in in the process of doing that, if you can get a good lick on Anderson, then go do it. You know, but but I agree with you 100%. You can't run around recklessly and take penalties. This is too good of a team that has too good of a power play, and they're a veteran, disciplined team too. they they've got guys that have been around. I've found a few times the block on that team that you're not going to intimidate them necessarily in that regard, but you can certainly make them second-guess decisions early in the game with an aggressive attack. And I I think that's what Edmonton's going to try and do. You can't sit back. Uh, I think you really need to push the issue. And the other thing for me is if you get the opportunity and somebody wants, wants to engage, then, yeah, that's when you take the opportunity to engage. If you go out of your way looking for those types of things, you can almost play into the hands of the opposition sometimes because you're way more eager and willing to do it than they are. And they know that. Like, Anderson knows that he's probably a target to a certain degree. Um, and by no means do I think Anderson was trying to bend back Leon Dreissel's ankle in that situation. He was just trying to pull him out of the pile. He didn't know that he was going to like hurt him in that regard. But he's a top player. He went after him, and that needs to be taken note of. And when you get your chances, and especially if you're a bottom six guy and you get a chance to take a heavy run at Anderson, you take that heavy run. But you don't want to put them on the play. I agree. So you have to do it within the the confines of the rule or right on that line, which is not always easy. Make it an intense, aggressive game. It'll just naturally come out. And guess what? We're going to have some amazing hockey. They can play that way too, and they did in the playoffs last year, and that's why it won seven games these two teams are rivals once again this year, and that's why you love the playoffs, because that's what it develops. It develops these types of atmospheres and these types of games in the regular season for years to come.
0: Awesome stuff, Louis. Thanks for your time. All right, bud. From GCL, for GCL Diesel, from Sports and NHL Hockey and Rogers, that's Louis DeBrusque. It's 1254 in Edmonton. I'll get to a couple texts when we return on orders now for us out there at 1257 in Edmonton. We've got a heck of a bucket list experience coming up next fall with New West Travel. You can join them in October. At world-famous Pinehurst in North Carolina, home of the 2024 U.S. Open, as part of a five-day golf getaway, your Pinehurst golf package includes airfare by private charter with an open bar meals, four nights, spectacular accommodation, five rounds of golf, including the stunning U.S. Open at Pinehurst. Space is limited. To reserve your team time, call New West Travel or visit Brendan, just before we go to break, Frank Cervalli, who joins us every Tuesday in orders Now, has put out a very, and I mean it is, preliminary list of the top 50, UFAs, he has Connor Brown like ranked 50th saying that Brown will have to, he's one of those guys that can qualify because he's played over 400 games in the NHL he can qualify for a bonus laden contract next year now you know I'm a big fan of Connor Brown who played with Connor McDavid in Erie had a great season a couple years ago with Ottawa, tore his ACL Uh, was it his Achilles or his ACL, started this year in Washington That would be a guy that I'd have interest in for the Edmonton Oilers in the offseason. Not a super sexy free agent class, by the way. Hey, let's do this. We're going to open up the River Curry Resort and Casino Hotline. The Oilers can score. Are you worried about the defense? Or conversely, are you just loving what you're watching and having fun with it? Because they are highly entertaining. 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. And you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook.